Good morning and happy Thanksgiving to those who are celebrating it. This will be going live on Thanksgiving morning, so I hope you're all having a wonderful holiday, and I do recognize that most people probably won't be listening to it at their normal time, (laughs) because, you know, the holidays are always a pattern interrupt, and we got lots of things to do, and food to cook, and people to prepare for. But even so, I decided not to put this up early or late, I still wanted to put it up on Thanksgiving, because the topic that I'm going to address today is very, very relevant to Thanksgiving. So originally, I was going to talk about gratitude and um, the importance of gratitude in writing, but I actually did that last year. Uh, And not that I can't talk about it again or anything. I'm sure my thoughts have changed and I'll have different things to say. But as I thought about what I wanted to talk about, things just kind of started to evolve. So If you do want to listen to the episode I did about uh, the importance of gratitude in writing, it's episode 141 if you want to go find that, and I believe it went up in uh, November of last year, so it shouldn't be too hard to find. But like I said, um, as I started thinking about what I wanted to say, things started to shift a little bit, and I started to think about the power of gratitude in terms of mindset and manifestation, excuse me, and that led me to the topic of abundance, and that's very similar to gratitude. They definitely go hand in hand, but it's just a little bit different. And I'm going to be a little bit more specific and talk about how you can have an abundance mindset um, in your writing and especially in the business that you're trying to build around your fiction. And like I said, it does very much go hand in hand with gratitude and Thanksgiving. So we're just going to kind of get deep into the weeds here for a very short time on this Thanksgiving day. So uh, yeah, stay tuned. Hi there, aspiring fiction author. Welcome to Fiction Author Business School. Do you want to write your stories with ease and confidence? Do you find yourself Googling how to write a fiction book or how to write a character arc? Do you want to create a fiction empire, but you can't even finish the story you're currently working on and you find yourself doubting it will even be good enough? Hi, I'm Liesl. I too have been writing stories since I was just a kid. I wanted to do something about my fiction writing dreams, but got information overload every time I looked for writing help because there's just so much out there on the internet. I wanted confidence that I wouldn't disappoint my readers and a plan to publish regularly. I knew the foundation of any author career, including the marketing aspect, is a stellar and well-written story, but I didn't know how to be sure that my story was solid. I went on a journey to figure out what really makes readers tick and how to incorporate those addictive elements into my story. In this podcast, you'll find specific tactical fiction writing tips, solutions to writing more words more efficiently, and secrets to mastering your author mindset. So put on your fuzzy slippers, grab a notebook and pen and some chocolate, and let's write some fiction. All right, so we have gratitude and we have abundance, right? Contrary to what some people believe, they aren't actually mutually exclusive. (laughs) As I said before, they're actually very intricately entwined. See, gratitude kind of leads to abundance. You can't have the latter abundance without the former gratitude. And abundance very often becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? Because abundance leads to more abundance, which leads to more gratitude for what we've received, which leads to more abundance again. And so many of us, you know, people of my generation and, you know, younger generations have grown up with a scarcity mindset. And 
you know, I'm not throwing shade at anybody. It's just kind of the way things are. Our grandparents were children of the Great Depression. And so they raised our parents who learned a scarcity mindset and the mindset of the Great Depression from their parents, and then passed it on to us. And so, you know, it's not really anybody's fault. It's just the way that things are and the circumstances of the history of the world. I mean, what are you, how are you going to fight that, right? But I feel like our generation is one of the first that is really figuring out that the scarcity mindset is just not the most effective way to show up in the world and thrive. Um, it's a learned behavior, but just like anything, we can unlearn the behavior and our lives will be better for it. So I'm just going to give you some quick definitions. And then we're going to talk about ways that you can practice the abundance mindset in your author business and how it will serve you as you are trying to, you know, build a career around your fiction. All right. So um, what is gratitude? I mean, I think you all pretty well know the definition of gratitude. It is an attitude of thanksgiving for anything that you have or anything that you have received, right? Um, there actually, I wanted to mention, there is another episode. It's, it's an old one. It's episode 64 that um, I interviewed Jennifer Garman, who wrote a book on the power of gratitude. So just wanted to throw that out there. If you're looking for, you know, to get more into the Thanksgiving spirit and more about gratitude, check out episode 64 because she's really awesome. All right. So like I said, gratitude is just an attitude of gratefulness or thanksgiving for, you know, whatever we have in our life. But let's talk about it more in terms of mindset. You hear all the time that gratitude is powerful and that we need to have it. You know, it's almost cliche. But why? Why gratitude specifically? <laughs> and I, I just kind of, even as I was writing this, I was kind of laughing at myself because the why is something that I always ask. Like, I need to understand the logic behind something. And yes, I get that gratitude specifically isn't terribly logical. I mean, just in the sense that it's not scientific, it's not anything that can be quantified or measured or, you know, it's not tangible. But for me... Um, I need to understand the logical rationale behind something, even if that rationale is wholly spiritual, okay? So this is what I do when I deep dive into things. I try to figure out the why. Why is that important? Why does it work? How does it all fit together? And that really helps me get behind something and implement it in my life, okay? So as I was thinking about this and going, okay, what specifically is so great about gratitude? Why does it work? You know, and I'm, when I say what is so great about it, I'm not trying to be negative, like genuinely, what is it that makes it work? What is it that makes it so that if we have that, it changes everything, right? So here's the definition of gratitude I kind of came up with. It's definitely a higher energy or state of mind that leads to manifestation of the life you desire. Okay, and that's a very, I don't know, logistical definition almost as in, I'm trying to, I've come up with what gratitude does as a function, right? It is a higher energy or state of mind that leads to the manifestation of the life you desire. Okay, so like I said, gratitude leads to abundance, and it also leads to successful manifest manifestation. So, so think of any negative emotion or feeling you might have at any point during the day. So whether it's fear, anxiety, stress, frustration, just being frazzled, um, maybe emotionally negative things like angry, sad, heartbroken, any kind of negative thing you might feel. Gratitude is a higher energy than that. And manufacturing your own feeling of gratitude for yourself, it wipes out those other things and puts you in a state of peace and flow. And by flow, I mean having good things flow through you in and out of your life, okay? And that's important for abundance and for manifestation. Um, so I always, 
I think I've talked about this before, but I always talk about manufacturing your own good feelings. And on the one hand, I don't love that word because I think it's got a little bit of a negative connotation as though something is not natural, like it's more man-made, it's manufactured. But at the same time, I mean, I could use a word like creating or producing that has, you know, maybe a little bit of a softer um, connotation to it. But I like the word manufacturing because you absolutely can manufacture a good feeling for yourself. And that's important to know. If you are in a negative place, you know, you don't have to be in a particular setting or a particular frame of mind or a particular part of your life. Anytime you want, you can decide you want to feel gratitude and you absolutely can create that for yourself. And that's just important to understand. Okay. So, um, I said in episode 206, which was the one all about the deep dive into manifestation and meditation that, one of the main ways that you get ready to meditate and try to manifest something is to relax your mind and body, right? Well, here's the thing. Gratitude does that instantaneously, okay? Okay, it just automatically puts you into that state of relaxation. And and really, try this sometime. If you're um, really stressed about something, if you're just busy, rushing around, kind of tearing your hair out, especially if you're having a bad day, go to a quiet place, you know, doesn't matter where it is, in your room, turn off the light so it's kind of dark and quiet, go into a closet, whatever you got. And think of something, you know, take a deep breath, let it out, relax your muscles, and think of something you're grateful for. And just instantly you're, you're relaxed and everything feels more peaceful. Okay. It's very, very powerful in that way. And keep in mind that if you're operating from a state of lower energy or negative emotions, it's pretty much impossible to manifest what you want. So have you ever noticed that if you're super stressed or busy or frazzled, you have a really hard time buckling down and getting your next chapter written. (laughs) There's a reason for that, guys. And it's not your work ethic. Okay, it's not that you're unprepared or that you just don't know what's happening in the next chapter. I mean, those things can definitely contribute to it. But even if you have everything completely planned, and you know exactly what's going to happen, and you've you've got your writing habit and your writing processes down, if you're stressed, you're still going to have a hard time getting that chapter written. Okay, there's a reason for it. So I was thinking about when people talk about putting together your writing space physically, like in terms of no distractions, a certain ambiance, candles or essential oils, um, you know, your favorite fuzzy slippers, you know, whatever it is you do to get into that writing mindset. The reason they tell you to do this is because eventually it becomes a habit and your mind will just snap into that writing space pretty easily. Now, all of that's true. That's absolutely good advice. But think about what's happening on a little bit of a deeper level there. Because you're familiar with that space and with that ambiance, and you use it all the time for writing, you get to the point where you feel safe there, okay? Your creative self feels safe and expressive there. And because of that, when you get into that space, your body and your mind relax because it's a safe space. And then the creativity starts to flow, right? So you can see that relaxing like that is what helps your creativity flow. And what did I just say? One of the best ways to relax and relax quickly is to practice mindful abundance, okay? And let's face it, in terms of distractions, it's been proven that being on our phones, seeing and responding to notifications, it does create a dopamine hit. So that's why we get a little bit addicted to it, but it's also a stressor on our minds. Therefore, (laughs) no distractions not only helps us 
stay focused. I mean, we always think of it as if we don't get distracted, then we're staying focused and staying in our story and getting it written. And that's true. But there's also something deeper going on. Without the distractions, our creativity actually does flow better and more effectively. Okay, that's important. Now, um, another thing that's important to keep in mind is that in the Bible, the person who showed gratitude more than anybody else was Jesus. And I always take it back to that, right, in order to know what we should be doing and what is correct. Now, I talked about how there are certain people in my family who are really not into the meditation thing, and they do not believe me when I tell you that you can find it in the scriptures. <laughs> you absolutely can if you care to look for it. And if you don't, that's fine too, you know, to each their own. But it absolutely is there. And the thing is, they just didn't have words like manifestation in biblical times, right? That's our word for it. So they used different terminology, different words for different actions, right? But it is there. And we see gratitude um, practiced by Christ and endorsed by Christ more than just about anything else. So that should tell you something too. All right, so let's move on to talk about abundance. Okay, so we've gone through gratitude. So what is abundance? Again, just the basic definition is just having a plethora of something, having enough and to spare, prospering, prosperity. Um, the etymology of the word comes from the Latin word that means to overflow, okay? So abundance is an overflow of whatever it is that you need. Now, despite what anybody may tell you, <laughs> despite what geopolitics says or the economists say, or even people who are really heavy in the drama in your social circles, Despite what all of those people or institutions may tell us, there is actually enough of everything we could possibly need on this planet for all of us. Unfortunately, um, there are just some people who want to convince us of the opposite, okay? But we really do have an abundance of everything. And why would people want us to convince us of the opposite if that's not true? Well, because it promotes fear. If we think we're going to run out of something and not be able to sustain ourselves and our children and their children for generations to come, right? And people who are afraid are very, very easy to control, okay? That's where it comes from. But the Bible also tells us that we can create abundance in our own lives. Um, probably the best, you know, most obvious example of this is the story of the loaves and the fishes. Now, whether you believe the Bible is literal or just a metaphor for something doesn't really matter in this case, because the meaning is exactly the same. So if you remember the events of the story of the loaves and the fishes, they had um, a loaf of bread and two fish, and they had a huge crowd to feed, and there simply wasn't enough for everyone. Well, the first thing Jesus does is he prays and has gratitude for what they have. And then he tells his disciples to pass out the food to the people who are in the crowd. And what's really important to notice about this is that he was not taking the loaf of bread and ripping off a small piece so that everybody had some and so that everyone had an equal amount. That is what probably most people would do because they're thinking we have this tiny little loaf and we have to divide it between all of these people. But that is not what he did. Every single person in the crowd got a full loaf and two fishes, which is way more than a single person needs to eat in any one meal. Okay. And at the end, there were 12 baskets full of extras. Okay, so what that tells us is that if we approach something from a, an abundance mentality, not breaking it down into small pieces, not being worried that there's not going to be enough, if we just give everything we have, we actually create more in our lives. Okay, so 
how can we model this and create the same kind of abundance in our lives? The first thing, once again, I always ask why, right? We have to kind of break down how it was done. Number one, like I said, he had gratitude. That's a big one. Number two, he was giving things away freely. Okay. He was not skimping, but he was giving away with abundance. Um, And finally, just the fact that he was giving it away, right? He wasn't trying to keep any of it for himself. But by the end, like, again, this is kind of me giving a hypothetical, you know, this isn't necessarily what's written. But maybe the the two loaves or the two fishes in the loaf was all Jesus and his disciples had to eat. So you would think, you know, most people would want to keep some back for themselves. They didn't, they gave it away. And what happened? 12 baskets came back to them. Okay, so let's go over that again. Number one, we need to give things away freely. Number two, we need to not skimp, but give away with abundance. And number three, we need to have gratitude for what we have first, right? And then the abundance comes back to us. And as a bonus, what we have the least of is what we need to give away the most of. And that's a really difficult practice for most people, okay? Because what you have the least of is what you tend to hold on to the most. But what you have the least of if you give it away, that's the basically the only way to turn around the scarcity of that thing in your life. Okay, really, really important, really difficult to do at times. Okay, so if we have very little money, then we really do need to start giving that money away. And like I said, that's hard, that takes an act of faith. But people who do that, they immediately see a turnaround in their um, monetary circumstances. Okay, so the Lord was showing us the principle of abundance and how to practice it. You know, not all of us are going to be giving away food to a crowd, but that's not the only way we can practice it. To have an abundance of all of our desires, we need to live this way. Uh, What we want most, we need to give away and it will come back to us in scads. You know, like I said, if we give away money, it returns to us. If we give away love, it comes back to us. So when Jesus said things like treat others like you would like to be treated, it's not just some high road mantra that he would like us to observe on principle because it's the right thing to do. I mean, there is that, of course, but it's literally the universal law for gaining our heart's desires. Let me say that again. (laughs) Giving things away, treating people the way that you want people to treat you because everything you put out there comes back to you is literally the universal law for gaining anything our hearts could desire. And here's the thing that I've come to love as I've come to realize this about meditation and manifestation. You cannot fake it, okay? You either have true gratitude in your heart or you don't. You either have an abundance mindset or you don't. And you can't pretend to have gratitude and still see the results of it, right? So, I mean, sure, people technically can say they have gratitude and are grateful outwardly and not feel it inwardly. And, you know, inwardly, they're really cynical and all of that. But you won't reap the benefits of that gratitude, okay? You can't fake it in that way. You actually have to feel it in order for it to work for you. Everything in the universe is based on true emotion, okay? So if you are truly a horrible, cynical, angry person, you're not going to be able to manifest what you want, even if you're putting on a mask outwardly, right? Now, some of you might say, yeah, but some people do say fake it till you make it. There's some truth in that. um, But it only goes so far. I, I mean, there is such a thing as if you have a habit of being cynical, you might have to 
you know, say the words and do the motions, even though you don't feel it in order to get yourself into the right mindset. But overall, um, eventually, you're going to have to feel it genuinely, or you're not going to manifest what you want. Okay. And actually, part of the reason I love that and how we can tie this back into writing is that it shares that attribute with writing. So we all know that it doesn't matter how many degrees you have, how much schooling you have, um, how, what your job history is, none of that really matters when it comes to writing. Because you can have 18 doctorate degrees, you know, Dr. Spencer Reed over there or something. But if you don't know how to write a great story, people are not going to buy your book, you know, you're not going to succeed at a fiction business if you don't know how to write. The writing has to stand on its own, okay? So you cannot fake it. And we've all seen, you know, people who have decided they could write a book and either didn't realize how hard it was going to be, didn't realize how much work it was going to be, didn't realize that you actually have to write, you know, put out a very high quality product if you want to make money in this business, and they fall away pretty quickly, right? So meditation, gratitude, abundance, much like writing fiction, you just can't fake it, okay? It has to be real. It has to be genuine or you're not going to succeed. And I actually prefer an industry like that, okay? <laughs> because everything that you do succeed with will be 100% from the heart. And that is what makes a lot of fiction, really good fiction that changes people so powerful. Okay. So the people who are really kind of angry and cynical and thrive in drama, and then they say, oh, manifestation doesn't work. Uh, I got news for you. <laughs> There's a very specific reason that it is not working for you. Okay. And uh, anyway, that's something that we all need to work on. You know, we're all on our own journey and we have to figure that out. But let's bring it back to abundance and writing. How can we practice abundance, everything I've talked about here in our writing? Okay. Um, well, we all know that there are three basic, you know, outward strategy skills that we need to master in order to be successful at writing. We need to be able to get the words down on the paper. So the actual action of writing, we need to be able to tell a great story is number two, and then we need to get it out to the right readers, which is what we call marketing, right? So here are some ideas for how you can use abundance in creating your author business. Number one, write with abundance, write many words, okay? People talk about any skill, you need 10,000 hours of experience. I'd call it a million words or more. Write a million words. Write a million words every year. Um, you know, and I actually, when I was thinking about this, you know, in a way, there's one small way that I actually might be operating from a scarcity mindset. I, I kind of realized that when I was uh, thinking about this. I have said many times that one of the reason I'm, I'm an outliner is because it sort of horrifies me, the idea of writing 30,000 words and then having to throw them away or something because I was just figuring out my story and pantsing it. You know, I just, that's not my process and I don't like that. Um, but, you know, you could actually see that as a little bit of a scarcity mindset. You know, I don't know if it is or not, but maybe that's something that I need to work on. But either way, you just need to write a lot of words. That's the only way you're going to get better. And so don't skimp with your words. Don't feel like you've written too many or um, don't make anyone else make you feel bad for how many you've written, even if, you know, you haven't published anything yet or, you know, you haven't written that many books and made that much money off of it. If you want to become good at something, if you want the words to flow through you and get to the point where you're a really good writer and can just sit down and write anything anytime you want, you need an abundance of those words. So write with abundance, okay? Um, when it comes to being a great storyteller, 
write and analyze a lot of stories. Okay, so I'm giving you permission to read lots of books and watch lots of TV shows, you know, don't use it as an excuse not to do your writing, of course, but analyze everything, analyze a lot of characters and a lot of situations and a lot of motivations. Um, people watch, people analyze, even in real life, figure these things out, figure out the cause and effect in the plot. Do that with abundance so that it just comes naturally to you and flows through you. And if you do that, then when you sit down to figure out your story, you won't get blocked because it'll just come really naturally to you because number one, you'll have a lot of practice at it, but you've also developed an abundance mindset where you're letting these things flow through you. And that really does activate the muse and make it so that your creative energy just flows and it will make it a lot easier because you're not constantly hitting blocks. Okay. And number three, market abundantly. Yes, it can mean putting money into marketing, and that can be hard, especially when you're starting out. Uh, that's the sort of thing that never came easily to me in the early years, okay? But that doesn't mean it's not a thing. But marketing abundantly doesn't just have to be about money, okay? It can be about other things. Uh, we all know that, you know, one single social media post is not going to help you sell a million copies. And... I'm not telling you to be spammy and, you know, tweet a million times, please buy my book or anything like that. Um, I, I was kind of thinking that there are two kinds, kinds of people. There are those who aren't afraid of marketing at all and tend to spam everyone with buy my book links, right? And then there are those who are so afraid of marketing or afraid of coming across as spammy that they never talk about their books, like ever. <laughs> and I, you know, in the early years fell much more into that second category, right? But we have to find the happy medium, right? We have to find the things that do work and aren't spammy, but we need to do them regularly. We need to market with abundance. We need to find ways to talk about our book and get it in front of the right people. And sometimes it's really just about having systems and processes in place to always be marketing your book, but again, without being spammy. So um, th those are really, you know, after all this tangential background information, uh, that's really my advice to you on this Thanksgiving day, okay, in terms of your writing. We are coming toward the end of the year, and I want you guys to be thinking about 2024 as the best writing year you've ever had. You're going to be so successful this year. You're going to overcome whatever it is that's been blocking you, whether that is in the writing or in the storytelling or in the marketing. You're going to figure it out this year, and you're going to have a very, very successful and lucrative and creatively freeing year, okay? And in order to do that, write with abundance, storytell and story analyze with abundance and market with abundance. Okay. Um, I will be offering some things in the new year to help you with all of this, but mostly I just want you guys to be thinking about it and practice absolute gratitude, especially on this day for everything you are and everything you have. I mean, the world is a crazy place right now, but that doesn't mean that there isn't tons to be grateful for. Okay. Be grateful that you live in a time where it is possible for you to write the stories that you feel need to be written and pour them out onto a page and get them out to the masses. There have been times that writers could not do that. It was not available to them. I hear stories about people like J.R. Tolkien and C.S. Lewis who had to type out their entire stories on typewriters with, you know, whiteout when they made mistakes. So be grateful that you have a PC or whatever it is that you have that you can write with. Be grateful for the technology we have. Be grateful for your supportive families. And you know what? Even the people who are not very supportive, be grateful for them because they are helping you to develop a thick skin and become even more resilient than if any everyone in your life just supported you, right? Right? Be grateful for everything you have. Be grateful for the stories that you have to tell because they very much define who you are 
only you can tell those stories. And once you get them out, they will help other people and they will touch other people. Be grateful for that. Be grateful for the calling of writing. Be grateful for everything. Okay. I'm very, very grateful for you, for all of you who tune in and listen to me (laughs) ramble on and on every week and for the ability to interact with other writers and be enlightened by them and by how much all of you make me a better storyteller and a better writer as well. Okay, so I will end there, but everyone have a wonderful Thanksgiving holiday and I will be back next week. So here's wishing for you many words, many stories, much gratitude and much abundance. Thanks so much for listening today. Before you go, would you be willing to do me a solid? If you found any value at all in this episode today, would you be willing to share it with other authors just like you in the hopes that they might find some value in it as well? Happy story crafting this week. Remember, only you can bring the world the unique story that you are trying to tell. Only you can succeed in your own unique way in getting it out of your mind and your heart and into a medium where it can reach thousands if not millions of salivating readers. You don't have to worry about failure because there is always a market for awesome.